Today, we're going to learn one of the most well-known, popular sichas that I learned in the set of the Rebbe's edited talks, the Lakute sichas. It's the subject of why do many people not eat the third meal on Shabbos. So we're going to learn about these three meals and we're going to learn about specifically about this third meal that's a very unique uh, meal. And we find that the Rabbeim, all the Chabad Rebbes, did not really eat this meal or they sufficed themselves in a different way about this meal. And this is going to be today's uh, subject. What's fascinating is, is that there are certain customs of Chabad that the Rebbe took the time to explain to the crowd in various different installments of information, but eventually edited a uh, talk on the custom of Chabad. As we know, there are various different customs and different communities have different customs. Chabad has certain customs. And a lot of the customs, we know the reasons behind them and some we don't know. In this case, we're going to learn about this custom. The Rebbe actually spoke about it a number of times, but mainly this explanation was said in the summertime, Parsha Balak, in the year of 1956, and also in 1979, on the last day of Pesach, Fabring and Achron Shal Pesach. But the gist of this idea is based on a verse in today's Parsha. Okay? So let's take our ride into today's Parsha, that the Jews have finally they left Egypt after the ten plagues. They come to the sea. God commands Moses in this week's parsha to stretch out his staff over the water, and the water splits. And we go through the splitting of the water. We sing the Az Yashir, the long Az Yashir, the thank you, the songs to Hashem for surviving this. Then we come on the other side of the river, and you're no more in prison. So you're not getting your daily packages of food being slaves. And now we're in the desert. How are we going to eat in the desert? So we know the food that came down in the desert is called the manna, the man that came down from heaven. Because the food descended from heaven, the Jews said the blessing instead of hamotzi lechem min haaretz, they said hamotzi lechem min hashamayim, right? Because the food fell from heaven. And they also had the blessing in the manna that you were able to taste the the uh, any kind of taste you wanted the food to taste like it tasted like that. You name it, that's what it tasted like. Right? And the water we got from the rock. That's basically how we survived. Now the system of the manna, and very uh, brief, is that every day, every morning, the manna would come down and be outside in the field, and you would go outside to collect your portion of food for that day. But the manna required an amazing faith by the Jewish people at the time. Because every day you were only allowed to take home the amount of food for that day. There was no more, no such a thing of having a savings account. That was a sign of lack of faith that Hashem's not going to provide the next day. So you took home. If you were from the Rishayim, from the people that did not have faith, and you said, ah, let me fill up my bags, I'll fill up my, you know, my cookie jar, and I'll keep extra food and mana for tomorrow, you woke up in the morning and it was spoiled and there was maggots in it, so you weren't even able to benefit from it. The only day that you got double portion was Friday. Why? 
Because Hashem told Moshe to tell the Jews that Hashem doesn't work on Shabbos. So Friday you took home one portion, and by night you noticed that from your one turned into double the amount of man. This is one of the reasons why we have two challahs on our table Friday night to remind us of the man, which represents the faith that we have that Hashem provides our sustenance. It came Shabbos morning, and the Jews looked at Moses and they said, okay, I get it, we have enough food, but every day we went outside to collect the food. Should we be going outside to collect again today? So Moshe answered, Moshe said, You're going to be able to eat what you have today. Don't go out. Why not today? Don't go out. Because Shabbos, Today it's Shabbos for Hashem. And therefore, you should know that today there will not be any man out in the fields. Therefore, you should not be going out. Now you have to remember, those days, we didn't have yet the mitzvah of Shabbos, because most of the mitzvahs, even though we got them at the giving of the Torah, they were, we were told that these, a lot of these laws will only come in effect when we have the land of Israel. And the... the trip to Israel was delayed by 40 years, right, because of the spies. So we didn't end up, a lot of these laws didn't come in to implement. But Shabbos, slowly Moshe started to tell them that we do have to do these things. Now, in this verse, the sages who look for all the different places and how to observe the Shabbos, so they said, look, how many meals should a person eat on Shabbos? So they said, look, it says in this verse where Moses talks about Shabbos, it says three times the word Hayom. Moshe say, eat today, because today is Shabbos to Hashem, that's two. And, and today, there's no man in the field. So three times in one verse, you have the word today, Hayom. So we learn out from there that on Shabbos, a person should eat three meals now, let's talk about what constitutes a meal. So the Talmud tells us, and it's brought down in the Code of Jewish Law, that the main thing, the main food that constitutes a meal is bread. Pas in Aramaic. Pas means bread. That you have to eat bread. Bread makes a meal. That, that is the foundation of what makes a real meal. Nevertheless, uniquely, when it speaks about the three meals of Shabbos, it says that the third meal of Shabbos, meaning Shabbos afternoon, one meal is Friday night, one meal is Shabbos after Yudavin, and then another meal, Shabbos afternoon, called the Shaloshudas, the third meal. So regarding the third meal, the Suda Shlishi is the third meal, it's brought down in the Code of Jewish Law, in Shulchan Aruch, it says that we have a dispute amongst the sages. And we have four opinions about that meal. What kind of meal does the third meal need to be? And you're soon going to find out that one of the logical parts is, is that it may not be so easy to eat that meal. You just had a massive kiddush and a big lunch. What, an hour or two later, you're going to already have to have a third meal, right? So there's different opinions how you could fulfill this third meal. One opinion is... That you must still wash and have a mozi and have bread. 
Okay, that's number one. Number two, yes, makilin, there are some that are a little more lenient and they say that you could fulfill this third meal by eating one of food made from one of the five grains. We know that we have five grains. You have uh, the grains of wheat, rye, oats, barley, and spelt. So food made from the five grains, they re- they get which blessing? They get the blessing, bore mine mizonos. Once the f- a food is made with these kind of grains, it's a little more filling. So it has more of a substance. So they say, you don't must have bread. We're a little more lenient. If you eat something that has these grains, I guess some cake or some pastries, you could fulfill the obligation of this meal. There's a third opinion that says you could even be more lenient than that. As a matter of fact, you could eat foods that usually you would eat together with bread. So let's say fish, meat, you don't have to have bread. You don't even have to have grains. You could have just fish or meat, the fish and meat, or meat and fish. That's a third opinion. Then in the Shulchan Aruch it says, there's a fourth opinion. Some are even more lenient. And they say that even with fruit, eat some fruit and that suffices enough for this third meal. Alright? So that's the different opinions of what kind of food, even though normally everybody agrees that what constitutes a meal if you have bread. Nevertheless, regarding the third meal, we have different opinions of how lenient you could go to be called that you fulfilled your meal. The Alter Rebbe, in his Code of Jewish Law, which is obviously very important to us because that's the first Chabad Rebbe, in his Code of Jewish Law, he concludes, he says, do not rely on any of these lenient opinions unless you have no choice. Meaning, meaning, he says, if you're too full, if you've been so satiated from your meals before and you just can't eat now a full meal, then... If you can't eat the bread, don't pain yourself by forcing yourself to eat the bread. Then you go with the lenient opinions. But the Alter Rebbe clearly states that you should not rely and don't go to those linear, more lenient opinions. Even though they exist, these opinions. But his conclusion is, is don't rely on that unless you're going to be in pain. Now, however, we know that there's a minhag from our Rabbeim, from the Chabad Rebbes, we know, it's quoted, quoted in the book of Hayom Yom, that they used to, most weeks, that's what it says over here, majority of weeks, they would not eat bread at the third meal. They would fulfill their obligation with just tasting something. It doesn't even say what. They just had a taste and that's how they fulfill the obligation of this third meal. He actually brings down in a footnote here, the Rebbe, that in a talk from 1942, the previous Rebbe said that his father, on the winter weeks, winter Shabbosim, he would make Kiddush after the morning davenings. Then he would daven Mincha. And before the sun would go down, then he would wash. So he really, he only washed once during the day. That means, obviously, if you made Kiddush, he ate something, a mazonas, a piece of cake or something, because Kiddush has to have also a meal in that 
counts with a piece of cake. So you see, but the point is that he, one meal he had with some other food and one meal is where he washed. So what are we seeing from this? That even though in the Code of Jewish Law it says clearly that best to eat bread and not the Rebbe rules that you should go, don't go with any other more lenient opinion. Nevertheless, we see that the Rabbeim, the Chabad Rabbeim, they sufficed this third meal by not washing most weeks. By the way, when it says most weeks, obviously the reason for this is that there were some times where a Yom Tif would be on, let's say, Thursday and Friday. So it's kind of like a three-day, you know, Yom Tif. So let's say it happens sometimes Shabbos Bereshus, you know, Shminat Sarah Simchas Torah could be Friday Shabbos, and then Sunday, uh, sorry, and then Shabbos and Shabbos Bereshus. So at the end of that Shabbos, there would be a big Fabrengen. And by those Fabrengens, everybody would wash a motzi so that you could stretch the Yom Tif into the mundane day of the Saturday night. Right? And those big Fabrengans in our generation, the Rebbe already, he led the, the benching at the end, he made he led the Havdalah, and then from his Havdalah cup of wine, he poured every single man that walked by, and children, he walked by with empty cups, and he poured from his Havdalah cup into your cup, and gave blessings out, called Kaisho Bracha. So those were times when he would, you know, we'd wash. But otherwise, normally, most weeks, we did not wash. What's the logic? If the halacha said you should wash and have bread, why didn't they have bread at this meal? The reason is because, remember the verse said three times the word today. So for each time it says today, we make one meal. But the third time it says today there will not be food. So because on the third time it says the word not, it says today there's, there will not be Therefore, the not is where they learn out, like, today, this meal, don't eat bread. Because it says, like, it, it says it like that. That's the simple reason. Now, what's Hasidus' take on this? In other words, what's the deeper logic? We want to really get to the bottom of this. What's the reason in Hasidus of why the third meal, we, peep, the Rabbeim did not eat bread at this meal? And they just sufficed with a taste of just something, a little something. That's because it says that the third meal of Shabbos corresponds to the coming of Mashiach. It's like a messianic time. As it's quoted in the famous commentary in the Torah called the Bach, he says it respond, represents to the days of Mashiach. And we know that when Mashiach comes, it's going to be an era of no food and no drink. We're going to be in the spiritual you know, plane. Therefore, and why will there not be eating and not be drinking? Because the spirituality that happens at the last period of Shabbos comes from the level that's higher than what you could see. In other words, what you could see is always what's revealed. What you can see is higher than it's higher. That's why you can't see it. It's so high, so spiritual, you can't see it. So the things that you say yes to, you see. Yeah, yeah, I see that. The things I say, no, 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 that I can't see. Uh, so low, no, means it comes from a place where I can't even see it. It's just so spiritual. It's called the level of ayin, nothingness. In other words, in my view, it looks like nothingness. That's how high it is. That's how spiritual it is. 
It comes out that the third meal, where we learn it out from the word that says today, no, hayoyim loy simtsehu. Today there will not be any food in the field. So it says not. No, that mean, what does it mean no? No means there's something there, but it's higher from the place that I could see. That's how high it is. So it's an indication of a place that's so spiritual. So the end of Shabbos period is so spiritual, it's so holy. That's why that meal, you don't have a regular meal like the other meals because it's spiritual time, messianic time. And that's why they didn't have bread. They only sufficed with a little bit of something. So that's the deeper Hasidic insight in why the verse, we learn at the third meal because it says, Hayyim late today, there won't be. So there won't be, mean we won't have, so we won't eat bread. Why did, and the deeper meaning is because it's such a spiritual time, like reflecting the messianic days when there's no food. Now, says the Rebbe, at the end of the day, we all understand that our holy Torah is a unified Torah. It's a Torah achas. It's a one, one Torah. Meaning, all the parts of the Torah, the most esoteric, deepest parts of the Torah, the customs, the parts that are written clearly in the books of, of law, they're all part of one Torah. The Torah is not a fragmented piece, pieces. It's one unified Torah, all the different components of it. That means all the parts go up and come together into one pipeline. So it's understood that the customs from our great leaders of the Jewish people and those that follow the path of these great leaders, to begin with, meaning that you follow these that follow the path of the inner parts of the Torah, the more mystical insights, we cannot say that those mystical ways of thinking and learning is a way to take a lenient approach. God forbid. These people, these great Rebbes, would never be taking a lenient approach. Chas v'shalom to say that. So therefore, what we need to understand there, it's true based on the inner meanings that the third meal is higher than, the third meal is higher than eating. And that's the reason why not eating bread, but according to halacha, it said that that's a kula. That's a lenient approach not to eat bread. And as the Alter Rebbe himself said, don't rely at all on those lenient opinions, except for in the after effect that you don't have a choice if you're just so full and you can't get anything else in your stomach. So how does it fit with seemingly that according to Chassidus, it's a hider, it's an extra precaution and don't and not to eat bread. Like in other words, how does it work together? If the strict rule is to eat bread, the deeper meanings is not to eat bread. How do they work together? It seems like not eating bread is called the lenient path. Says the Rebbe like this. When the mitzvah of eating three meals, we have to search and use a, a, you know, a broader lens to really understand the, the meals of Shabbos. The Alter Rebbe says in his Code of Jewish Law regarding the general idea of three meals on Shabbos, he says the mitzvah of eating food on Shabbos is only for one reason, to have pleasure. It's a mitzvah to have pleasure on Shabbos. Most of us get pleasure when we eat. It's geschmack, right? So therefore, there's a mitzvah to eat on Shabbos. That means that all three meals, the, the mitzvah is not in the eating itself. The mitzvah is to have pleasure. 
That means if by all the meals it's connected to pleasure, but not in the food itself, that means in a situation where you're in pain, there's no mitzvah for you to eat. There's only a mitzvah for you to eat if you're going to have pleasure. But if you're not going to have pleasure from eating, then you shouldn't eat. As a matter of fact, you're not allowed to pain yourself on Shabbos. So, if you're going to eat and pain yourself, then that's the opposite of the idea of what the meal is supposed to do. We also have this idea that the Rebbe writes regarding fasting on Shabbos. He says that a person, that if for you, eating is going to cause you pain, that means it's a pleasure for you not to eat. You don't have to eat on Shabbos. In other words, it's almost like saying it's forbidden for you to eat on Shabbos because you're not allowed to cause pain to yourself on Shabbos. Could be a person is sick or whatever the scenario, right? So if you're going to eat, it's going to cause you pain, then you shouldn't be eating on Shabbos. So just like not eating in general, and that means also here regarding the details of eating. If you have pain from eating bread on Shabbos, then lechatchila from the offset there's no obligation to eat bread. And if you're going to eat it, you're going to be doing the opposite of what Shabbos is supposed to accomplish. So based on this logic, actually, it's okay not to eat bread. In other words, if you're going to suffer by eating bread, you should not be eating bread. Therefore, we could say that when the meal, the, the obligation to eat bread by the third meal is only talking about a person that for that third meal, you're going to get pleasure by eating. But when you're not going to get any pleasure from eating the bread, why not? Because you know, if you know, or, or by knowing with complete faith that in this time of the third meal, it's called Raiva the Raivin. That's the Kabbalistic terminology for this time of Shabbos, called Raiva the Raivin. It's the most desired of desirable times in heavenly desires at this end of Shabbos. And that's the time that what's revealed during that time? It's the level of no or nothingness is revealed at that time. In other words, the levels that you totally have no access to. But on the end of Shabbos, that's when it, there's access to that. To the point that we're actually referred to that end of Shabbos time, that it's like Yom Kippur. Because on Yom Kippur, it says in the verse, in the Torah, it says, Shabbat Shabbaton. It's the Shabbos of all Shabbos. Of all Shabbos. And it's Me'ein Olam Haba, we said before. It's like in the world to come, where there's no eating and no drinking. So at that point, when you know with complete faith that that's the intensity of the spirituality at that time of the, of the end of Shabbos, for you, it would be pain to eat bread. How could I eat bread when it's a time of such spirituality? You'd feel uncomfortable about it. You wouldn't get any pleasure from that. Therefore, to begin with, you don't have any obligation to eat the third meal. And on the contrary, by being careful in halacha, being scrupulous in your practice of your relationship with Hashem, that you should not be having any pain by eating bread. And you should fulfill your obligation of the meal by just touching some food, tasting a little bit. And this actually gives us the explanation why the Rabbeim fulfilled their obligation by just, of this third meal just by tasting a little bit. Because they clearly felt the light that was shining during the third meal of Shabbos. And the Hasidim, how about all of us? 
So it's very simple. We all want to be connected to the Rebbeim. We learn their Torah, obviously, because we want to eventually try to implement it into our actions. And we want to go in their ways. We emulate it. Therefore, anybody that's a follower of theirs is going to follow it, even though you may not feel that. Because they feel that light. The Rebbe brings down in a footnote that he has a very similar talk regarding the subject of the Chabad custom not to sleep in a sukkah on Shabbos. Uh, sorry, not to sleep in a sukkah on Sukkot. A lot of Jews sleep in a sukkah because it says it in the Code of Jewish Law. It says you should make your sukkah like a dwelling place. So people actually sleep in the sukkah. But based on something that the Mittal Rebbe once said, he said that in a sukkah, there's what's called the surroundings of a high level of bina, a mystical level, he told us, of spiritualities in your sukkah. So he said, how could you sleep in the sukkah? There's so much spirituality going on in the sukkah, you, you won't feel uncomfortable to sleep in such a holy place. Right? Imagine if you went to the synagogue, would you fall asleep right in front of the ark? Probably not. In the sukkah, there's you know great spirituality. So you would be uncomfortable to, to go to sleep there. Now, of course, many of us don't feel the level that the Mithra Rebbe felt about the holiness of the sukkah, but the fact that we go in his ways, we, if we feel bad that we don't feel that pain. Also, he brings another footnote that's also fascinating, that in the, in the second night of sukkahs, in the year of 1929, the previous Rebbe said in a talk, and he said basically that the Alter Rebbe used to eat the third meal of Shabbos. But what happened was, he was put into jail twice. Once is the famous Yutas Kislev, right? He was also the 19th of Kislev, but he was also put into jail another time. There was an after, uh, you know, thing where people uh, got him arrested and he ended up being released from that. So after he came out of that, it's called when he came out of Petersburg. So at that point, he started to elaborate deep on Hasidic ideas. From that point where he revealed the inner reasons of not eating Shabbos afternoon at that, you know, third meal, he started this new thing of not eating himself bread in that time. So you see that it, it was like kind of a development of a spiritual level of reaching that where you actually feel and you internalize that high level of spirituality at the end of Shabbos. By the way, elsewhere, not in the Sicha, the Rebbe says that people should learn Hasidus in the end of Shabbos say a mimer by heart, and so on. These are all things because of the spiritual intensity of the time. Of course, you should still eat something. Now, so this is the whole explanation. So again, the explanation is, even though in Code of Jewish Law it says you should eat bread, and Dr. Rebbe says don't rely on the lenient opinions, you should eat bread. But because we have a rule that on Shabbos, the whole idea of eating is because you're not allowed to be in pain. And, and there's a mitzvah to eat on Shabbos for the enjoyment of Shabbos. So if you're going to be in pain from eating, you shouldn't eat. And since the end of Shabbos, certain individuals are in pain to eat, especially a full meal and bread, because of the spiritual intensity of the time, where it's compared to the days of Mashiach with no food and drinking. So therefore, it would be painful to eat. Therefore, you don't eat, don't wash a meal, but just a little taste. Says the Rebbe, let's go on, that we have to understand since the time, of Mincha of Shabbos, 
What happens at that time? We have the revelation of the third Hayom in the verse. Hayom Lo, today there's no, there's no food. We're reaching the level of no. That means seemingly we should have no, meaning absolutely no food. Like we find by the Rashbi, the Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai, the one famous Futlag Ba'omer, he exchanged his third meal of Erev Pesach that fell out on Shabbos with words of Torah. Actually, he specifically spoke about the, the concept of the chariots, the heavenly chariots. So he clearly, he, he, completed, he completely switched the meal 100% to no food. So if so, why do we taste even a little bit? We should say no food at all, not just no bread. In many places in Hasidus, it's, it's understood that by the third meal, you should have a little bit. Not like Yom Kippur, where food is completely forbidden. It's not because of the greatness of a meal in that time. The opposite. Because it says that we are like the days of Mashiach. It doesn't say we are in the days of Mashiach. The end of Shabbos is like the comparison of the days of Mashiach. So that means it's only close to that idea. And therefore, you do eat a little bit. If it would be mamish the day of Mashiach, then yes, you wouldn't eat at all. That could be why, in many places, it says in Chassidus, why you do eat something. But there is a, a, a document, there's a file called a Rashima from the previous Rebbe, and over there he writes in the name of his father, this, this part is quoted in Hayom Yom, it says there, in the name of, that his father wrote, that, so he writes in the name of his father, that by the third meal it says, today no, nothing there, meaning you don't eat bread, but you should eat something small, and then he adds from his father, and Rabbi Yossi said, it says in the Gemara, that Rabbi Yossi said, Yehei Chalki, I wish my part. I, I wish I would. I would like merit to have a piece of the, the you know the greatness of those people that eat the third meal. Well, from this, something sounds a little bit weird, a bit off. We, we need to be able to understand. He's saying is that Rabbi Yossi said, "I it's my wish to be able to take part or have a, the honor part of those that eat." these three meals, especially this third meal. From here we see that you do need to taste something. And that's why he brought down the quote from Rabbi Yossi, that he wishes for this. Comes out that the tasting of something is not a great, is not, is not a good thing. It's not enough. Seemingly, this proof means you should have a full meal. In other words, we're saying is you should eat only a taste a little bit. But from quoting Rabbi Yossi, that I wish I could have part, but those people that eat means they're eating a full meal and the bread, that's the advantage. So why are we saying here that it's great to have only a little bit? Another thing that's not understood, the Rebbe Rashab brings down this quote from Rabbi Yossi as a proof. If he's talking about the obligation of eating the third meal, it's according to halacha. It's a law that you should have the third meal eating food. Why do you have to tell me that Rabbi Yossi gave this wish, you wanted to be part of that. You just tell me that the law is that you should have a meal there. You don't have to tell me that that's the Rabbi Yossi story. In other words, what's the gain proof of the story of Rabbi Yossi where he says, I wish I had 
I, I can have a part in this honor. Says the Rebbe, if you want to understand this, you actually have to understand what, what Rabbi Yossi said at all. It's totally not understood. The obligation to eat three meals is a clear din, it's a law clearly in the Talmud and brought down in Code of Jewish Law. That means, and that's why Rabbi Yossi wished upon himself that I should have the merit of piece of the action, like I want to have a part of this. So what does it mean? It's a clear law. Why does why do we need to have any culture? He says, oh, I wish I would have this merit. Just say, I wish you should do what it says in the code of Jewish law. There is the commentary from the Marsha, the famous Marsha that we spoke about many times, the commentary on the Talmud. And he explains what Rabiosi said. He says, Rabiosi said, I wish I would have part of the merit. Like with those people that eat this third meal, it's talking about many things that he said in order to hasten people to rush to do this. In other words, if you want to encourage people to eat this meal, so then you say, I wish I would have the mitzvah like, like you know, that you having for do it. Then I'll make you, I'll make you run to do it. Says, That's totally not understood, this idea. If you say that there are things that are a hider mitzvah, besides doing a mitzvah in a certain way, you could do it even more perfection. And that's a way of going beyond the letter of the law, then it makes sense in order to get people motivated that they should want to do a mitzvah at a higher level, you should quote this quote, the Rabbi Yossi, that I wish I could have a merit like you. But how do you say that regarding the third meal? The third meal is a law, you should have the third meal. And we can't say that Rabbi Yossi meant just to, just to prepare a person to think ahead. Like the quote that says that a smart person has his eyes on his head, meaning you think in advance, meaning prepare yourself, don't stuff yourself on your lunch meal in order that you should have room to have your third meal. And that's what Rabbi Yossi was trying to say. It's very hard to say that for such a simple advice, Rabbi Yossi would wish, ah, I wish I had a part in you, in, in what you're doing. Like it's, it's too simple. So what's the meaning of that quote? <coughs> So to explain this, he says like this, the idea that we said that when Mashiach comes, there's no eating and no drinking does not mean that we're going to lose our physical bodies and that's why there won't be any eating and drinking. That you're going to lose your identity, you're going to lose your existence. That's not what it means that there won't be eating and drinking. What it means is that when Mashiach comes, the connection that your soul stays in your body won't be through eating and drinking physical things. Today, if you want to live and that your soul shouldn't leave your body, you need to eat and drink and that keeps the connection that your soul has a body to be in. When Mashiach comes, it's not going to be dependent on food. You're going to be connected to your soul on a much more spiritual level and your body will stay, remain a body. As we know, there's a very famous argument of Maimonides and Nachmanides regarding our bodies when Mashiach comes. Will we all die and all be just souls? That's Maimonides' opinion. Nachmanides says no. He says because you did all your mitzvahs with your body, therefore your body has to get their reward. So you're still going to have a body when Mashiach comes. And Hasidus rules and says that the Nachmanides is right in this subject. 
that we're going to have our bodies because that's the big, biggest reward is when you have the body also. That means souls in a body. Comes out that it's for this reason that we have this great quality in eating a little bit of food. Eating a little bit of food is not a whole meal because you're, we're compared now to the Messianic era in the end of Shabbos. But a little bit you should taste because you want to taste the idea of having physicality still there when Mashiach comes. Mashiach comes, it's going to be expressed in having the body. But tasting a little bit of food is at least a little bit. A me'ain elam hava. You're getting a flavor a little bit of what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes, which you're going to have the physicality. Therefore, taste a little bit of food. Taste something something physical so you could resemble the idea that there's going to be the physicality when Mashiach comes. And therefore, we eat a little bit. Together with the idea of representing the whole spiritual level of the end of Shabbos, for that, we're not going to eat bread. So you want to get both sides. You want to not eat bread, so I remember the Messianic era when there's no food. But since it's going to be in a physical body, so we're going to eat a little bit of food. That's an unbelievable way of thinking. It's it's a revolutionary idea here. As it's explained in many places, he brings down from the Kutu Torah and other places, that when Mashiach comes, it says there's going to be the massive meal with the Leviathan, the Leviathan, and the the big shayr habar, the big ox. We're going to have that meat and that fish together, right? And there's a whole lots of interesting stuff about it, right? That the 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 uh, the fish with its um, fins is going to slaughter the animal. We're going to have this whole big meal. Remember, I once told you that when the previous rebbe came out of Russia, so. In 1920, 1927, he came out of jail. He came out of Russia. In 1929, he came to America to thank the different communities that helped him to get out and encourage people in Yiddishkeit and also to collect money, send it back to Russia. So at that time, he went to Massachusetts, <coughs> one of his visits, and there were two uh, well-known lawyers there that helped in the case. They went down to Washington, D.C., and they rallied up all the senators to push pressure Russia to let him out. Anyways, he gave one of them, he gave a Jew there in Springfield, Massachusetts, a cigar as a gift. This guy never wanted to smoke it. He got a gift, a cigar from the previous ever. When my grandfather moved in 1949 to become the Chabad emissary in Massachusetts, so this Jew gave, gave my grandfather the cigar. And he told him, you know, you're, you're the shlich, you should be holding on to this cigar. So Maizeda showed it to me and we still have it in the family because he said, we're not going to smoke this. He said, when all the Jews are going to have the meal with the Leviathan and the big shire, that's when I'm going to smoke this cigar. You know? But here, the point what he's saying here is that he's quoting here that that meal with the Leviathan and the shire habar, it's going to be a physical meal, even though in the Messianic era we're going to be in a stage where you won't need physical drinking and eating. But there's still going to be first a stage where we're going to actually have the physicality. And this is all why we eat a little bit, something, at the end of Shabbos at this meal, even though it's such a spiritual messianic time, like Yom Kippur and so on. But a little bit you eat because you want to feel that gashmius, that materialism that's going to be in the era of reward. Now he says, he concludes here with one more little deeper point. 
says this that the completion of reward that's going to be when Mashiach comes is going to be specifically with a soul in a body is because then when Mashiach comes, we're going to see the greatness of the body over soul. Now, if you ask somebody, what's greater, your soul or your body? Everybody knows your soul is greater. It's your more important part of you. We actually try to keep our soul in our body because we know it's so important. So today, our soul is the more important. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be revealed the benefit of the body over the soul that the neshama, the soul, will be fed from the body. Meaning it needs to have the body. Because the body is so material, it's hard to really appreciate the spirituality that's in a body. We actually could look at a body like, eh, the body, you know? Who needs to take care of it and so on? But we have a mitzvah, take care of it, take care of it. But where is it expressed? The greatness of the relationship with the essence of God in a place where it, you don't see godliness there on the surface. So the benefit of this body is going to be understood when Mashiach comes. Because that's where you're going to have the expression of the essence of God itself. In a way, we're going to actually be able to understand it and appreciate it. Based on this, <coughs> we could say that the third meal that you have to taste even a little bit is expressed the greatness that we're going to have about the body. So the eating a little bit actually emphasizes the idea of the greatness of the body and it's expressed more regarding the Shabbos part, the part of the Shabbos that resembles Mashiach. And this is what it means, the, the deeper meaning in the words of Rabbi Yossi. Where Rabbi Yossi said that may it be that I should have a part in those people that eat the, the third meal, that they should be able to eat a little bit at that third meal. In other words, that he wants to have a piece of that enjoyment of Shabbos by eating that little bit that's going to be revealed only when Mashiach comes by the revelation of the greatness of the body. So when Rabbi says, I want to have a part, I wish, I want to have a piece of this, it's because he's yearning to that enjoyment of that piece. And that's why he's talking about, I want to see, not the whole meal, he wants to see the tasting of it, the representing of it regarding the Messianic stuff. And that's the proof that the Rebbe Rashab brings down by quoting this Rabbi Yaisi. Since Rabbi Yaisi said that I wish that my, I should have a part in this, even though it says, it's the time of day where there's no food there, he meant to say, or what he was basically saying is that this gives us the strength to eat a little bit by the third meal because that's when you wish that you have a part in this. Not just generalizing that there's nothing bad or it's in saying that there's nothing there at this time of day. But on the contrary, the greatness of the Mashiach era is when you're going to have that the Neshama gets fed from the body. May we merit to have this already now, now.